This is the Black Nerd Talks podcast. This is your main host, Eb. I'd like to tell you a little bit about me before we start. I'm a social worker and men's rights advocate with an extensive history in competitive esports such as Guilty Gear, Gundam vs. and Street Fighter. I hope that today's episode will provide you with some nerd self-help through deep conversational interviews and open discussions where you hear the stories and perspectives of our fellow nerds. Join us as we uncover the themes and messages found in the mediums of anime, video games, and as well as comic books and how we can apply the life lessons found in them to deal with our everyday struggles. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord all under the same name and logo of Black Nerd Talks. Follow us to let us know what you think of the latest episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. Following us will also allow you to keep up with when we drop the latest and newest episodes. We also have an Etsy shop where if you search Black Nerd Talks, you can find our Black Nerd Talks t-shirts and crewnecks if you'd like to support the podcast. Alright, so we're going to be talking about Platinum End, the difference in, uh, in terms of finding happiness or finding your purpose in life. I think this would be a great conversation to have. I have some great, well, one of them is a guest and one of them is, you know, the great co-host himself. We got Hyushi-sama here. Hello, everyone. Very excited to dive into Platinum End once again. And we got, we got Jordan over here. Um, I'm back on the show. I'm happy to be back. I uh, can't wait to discuss uh, happiness and platinum. No, happiness and uh, purpose. purpose. Yeah. And uh, platinum and with these guys. So let's go. So you, the last time we had we had you on was talking about Code Geass and just moving past betrayal. So yeah. And you, she's here for like most episodes. So he knows what's up. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna just start off by like uh, one of the the quotes of Mirai's mom, the main character in Platinum and. And then we'll we'll just go off from there. The thing that uh, his mom told him at the beginning of the show, you know, just before they got blown up, shout out to in-laws. Uh, <laughs> everyone is born with the goal of finding happiness, and everyone lives with the aim of attaining even greater happiness. I wanted to know what you guys thought of that, and also, how would you define happiness? And how would you define purpose? I know who wants to go first. And we'll just go from we'll go out from there. Uh, honestly, I just really like Mirai was kind of like grown into this kind of like follow your dreams thing from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And just through all of that just craziness with like the uncles and like the family and everything, he still like held on to like his beliefs when it was crushed. It's like I uh, remember when I was just talking about kind of going for something and then like you have the adrenaline is kind of just crushed. Like happiness is something that something that we choose so it's when you acquire this thing that we choose and just lose it whether it's just like a belief or anything it's it's very crushing but like at the same time too as long as you choose to be like happy like you can always remain happy at the same time it's, it's always a choice but i do like how like with mariah just how everything was like his whole reality was just crushed for a moment like when he first like when he when his when he seen the true feelings of just everything around him when he unfortunately um, tried to commit suicide it was just yo i feel that still this was like your happiness and everything you I know you're holding on to this and frig, that's honestly a, a really sick way to like bring like open a show just like yeah. talking about all the happiness and it's like yeah and it was in the first episode yeah first episode yo that's some true death note stuff in case those who don't know the the creator of the show is also the same creator of bakuman the manga about manga you know the I'm pretty sure you know about that one, Jordan. You know, the manga. There's a manga about 
It's like basically yeah. the ultimate manga for Aitamar, uh, <laughs> Hyushi, which is, it's it's a manga, it's a manga about a mangaka, someone who makes manga, mangaception. <laughs> mangaception. Yeah, that's really. Cool. It it has an anime for it, so mm-hmm. they made that show, and they also the same person that did Death Note. I say they because no one knows about. I saw the I can't remember the creator's name, but no one knows if the creator's male, female, nothing. No one knows what they look like. They kept it super low key. No one knows anything about them other than yeah. they made these three different. I like series. that concept. I like that. But yeah, so like, what do you think about uh, just the idea of everyone's here to find happiness? And also, like, how would you define happiness and how would you define purpose? Uh, first of all, I think that the mother... Wait, when when did... Uh, is this... This is Mira's mother, right? Yeah. Okay, so it was Mira's mother. Right at the beginning. So, was this during his flashback when she said yeah. this? Oh, okay, so it makes she sense. She definitely now. is not coming back from, like, heaven. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, okay, so it makes sense. What do I think? So, personally, I think that happiness is probably four things. I think that it's... You know, joy, contentment, I guess you can put that into one. I think mm-hmm. it's fulfillment, purpose, and having meaning. I think those four things so, can make up. So say them again. Joy, contentment, mm-hmm. mixed into one. Right. And then you have meaning. Mm-hmm. You have purpose. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what was the last one? I just said it. Well, it's going to come back to me. Yeah, so I think that those four things actually make up... Well, to me, this is how I define it, right? I think it makes up um, happiness. But it's interesting that she says that because... You also have to realize, I feel like, especially when you're a kid, you don't really know your true... I mean, I guess you can can feel that you're happy, right, when you're a kid. But it's not until you grow up, looking back, and then you tell yourself, Whoa, I was truly happy happy back then and I think it's pretty common when you look at the show like Mira is always having that flashback mm-hmm. to when he was a kid mm-hmm. he was happy um, so I definitely don't think that happiness is like a conscious effort like you think about it and you say you know what I'm going to go be happy I don't think I'm going to go be happy it's like you know what I have a goal purpose okay let me go be happy <laughs> I right now I'm going to decide to be it's like it's it's very hard to do right I feel like happiness is one of those things that's subconsciously done but you can plan for it right but I feel like while it's happening it's it's mostly happening on a subconscious level and then you're just like and then you just start to realize whoa I am happy right because it was always there and then um it goes back to um what I was saying last time when we were discussing this at the at the barbecue that there's this one quote from Code Geass. Have you watched Code Geass, by the way? I only watched like the very beginning. I didn't dive too much into it. Yeah, that's not sure yet. It's yet. Yet, okay. So yeah. I highly I recommend you watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I highly recommend you watch it. But there's that one um there's Lelouch that one part, book. yeah, so it was Lelouch. For people who may not know Code Geass is my favorite anime of all time. But there's this one scene with Nanali, Lelouch and Suzaku, and then they're having a discussion on, on what happiness looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think it was... I think it was Nanali. I think it was... No, it was Suzaku. It was Suzaku? Yeah, so it was Suzaku. Um, Lelouch asked the question, like, if happiness was to take a physical form, how would that look like? And Suzaku replied that, I think that happiness was, resembles a glass. Meaning that... Wasn't it a snowball? No. Was it, wasn't it a snowball? Okay. No. So um, it resembles a glass. So it's always there, but we just don't realize it. And it's not until we change the position of the glass where it reflects the light, then we start to notice it. 
I right? could agree with that one. I like that. So it's, yeah, when it said that, it's like, I think that's what happiness is, right? It's, it's something that's so subconsciously done mm. that it's not until you consciously realize it that you're actually happy back then. That is actually like really cool because you know how I like briefly said like like kind of like happiness of choice. Yeah. There's things that like you choose to like kind of like make you happy. You know, like I grew up liking this makes me happy, whatever. But it really gets more depth than that because it's like, like what you said. There's a glass and it's it's about all about like the angle and perspective of like exactly. how you look at like your life. Because there's many things around us that like um kind of like make us happy. We're content with and we're we all like have our own purpose, you know, because we're all, like, brought up in communities, families, and everything, mm-hmm. so we're we're kind of, like, given, like, a purpose from, like, a very young age, kind of, like, with Mariah's, like, you know, just live a good life, whatever, and just, like, find your happiness. With all the things, like, around us, like, our minds get clouded still, like, with everything, it's, like, and yeah. just, like, a lot of things, it could really just, like, cloud your mind, but, like, when you really just, like, change your perspective, and really just, like, take in whatever you need to take in, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm truly happy. So can someone be like truly experience true happiness? Mm-hmm. Will there always be like new pers- a different perspective where if you just shift it, you could get unhappy? So it's like a, it's really fickle in a sense. Mm-hmm. So you know? that's really that's the where I'm going like to you said, The key word is per- uh, perspective. Yeah. So that's the key word right there. If you just change your perspective, because it's always there, right? It's 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 within us, like yeah. literally right now, but we just don't realize it. We just have to change our perspective. Yeah. It's was. something that's internal. By the same time, what I was gonna actually say is it's it's um it's fleeting. Nothing lasts forever. Because like if you're if you know you're going through hardship, you're probably not gonna be happy. Like if you're going through objective hardship, like you lost a family member, you got fired from your job, you're probably not gonna be happy. You yeah, can have gratitude, definitely. but you're not gonna be happy. Like happiness is a is a very fleeting thing. That's how I see it. So you know that's kind of like what we see with Mirai throughout the show, in the sense of he was constantly told. He was told constantly and was constantly reiterating, like, I should spend my life trying to find happiness. But for me, the thing that I kept seeing, which is why I guess overall, I, I enjoyed the show. The second half, I didn't enjoy as much as the first half with the dichotomy had between Metropolitan Uryu and Mirai. In the sense of the more Metropolitan did things, the more it kind of deviated Mirai's direction that he was going in. In a sense, it went from like, I need to be happy to realizing that this guy is keeping other people from being happy. And I have to take this guy out in order for other people to be happy. Because as long as he's around, other people will suffer. Other people's happiness will be taken away. And I feel like that's really where, um, I really feel like that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a, a reason to do. And actually, which actually goes into... My, my question for you, Jordan, what's the difference between um, meaning and purpose? Because you said meaning and purpose along with contentment, something else, but the reason why is it culminates to happiness. What's the difference between me? Oh, so I said uh, purpose, meaning, fulfillment, yeah. yeah, and then contentment and I guess joy into yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, meaning and purpose. The, okay, so this is how I see it. For me, purpose is more of what's the goal? Mm-hmm. What's your intention? Right. If I just had to simplify things, so that's purpose for me. So, um, meaning is much more profound in that it's what's the bigger picture. Why is it that, for example, um, like I could give you an example. I could give you a really good example. So let's say you have a student who 
doesn't know what they want to do, right? But then they decide, okay, you know what? Let me go explore some careers and let me go try to find something. But remember, while they're exploring the career, they also want to be secure, right? So then their purpose here is also to find a job so that they can make money. Okay. Right? But their meaning outweighs that purpose in a way in, in, in a way that, okay, you know what? I want to be a nurse because I find a lot of meaning into that. Interesting. The meaning that, like, for example, I get to save lives. Right. That's the reason, even though, like, this, dra- this job here is so stressful, um, emotionally draining, mm-hmm. and I'm putting myself at risk, but I'm doing it in a way that I'm saving lives. And that is such a profound meaning to people mm-hmm. that it kind of outweighs the purpose. Okay. So from what I'm understanding, you're kind of saying that, like, purpose shifts from one point to another. Exactly, because it's That's just a goal, goal right? Like, mm. like, the purpose, like, like you would hear a lot of people say, well, the purpose of a job is to get paid. Okay. See what I'm saying? That's fact. So, it doesn't, it doesn't carry a lot of substance mm. when you really think about it. But you can also say for, you can also use purpose as a way, for example, to say, oh, you know, well, my purpose to live is for my kids, right? You can use them interchangeably, but which is why I say in my, for my, um, in my opinion, I think that meaning have carries way more weight than and purpose. Yeah, so okay, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, that's the way I see things. What about you? What, what, what do you think the difference between... Um, meaning and purpose? Meaning and purpose. Mm, well, if there is any for you. Yeah, if there is. Well, so like, I feel like um, they're, they're kind of the same, but also like different from my perspective. Because mm-hmm. like... Um, when you have like a purpose you kind of like um go with like a purpose can be given you know a purpose can be like really anything if you really think about it i could be given the objective i know what the outcome is going to be but it can be like just like a really basic purpose but like when you add the extra layer of like meaning behind it it's i'm doing this for like a specific reason that's why i liked how you explained it the difference between meaning and purpose the same thing but it's very different at the same time because Mm -hmm. when just like to use myself as examples I create art. I could say that I create art because I'm good at it. You know, this is my purpose. That's a very basic thing. When it goes like deeper into it, it's How like you your I have a meaning and I have like a a real like ambition and like a true like my own calling towards this. I know what I want to do with it. I want to share this kind of joy, my mindset, and everything. You know, because this is what it means to me to like create art, to consume art. These things that give me life what it means to be me because I do these things, you know? That's really just between meaning and purpose to me in a, in a sense. Um, that's a good I, example. I think I should use more self-examples. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what really it's about. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah, self-examples are where it's at when it comes to this podcast. I like the reason I bring different guests such as yourself is because you're a unique person with unique experience that you can talk about your life experiences in a ways that w- in which we can relate it to anime. Mm-hmm. And you're part of the demographic I aim to reach out to, which is young men. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most of my demographic is, is men. I don't know if I... I think I shared that with you, right? When we looked at the analytics, like, is this, like, it's, like, 2% women. It's, like, it's, like, 2... No, I think it might have been 10. It might have been 10%. But it's, it's definitely, yeah. definitely not past 10%. And then it's just all men. It's just what it is. Going back on the anime, and a little bit in terms of perspective, I feel like a lot of people are constantly... I feel like a lot of people are constantly focused on trying to be happy, not realizing that happiness is, is, is a fleeting thing. Like, there's so many, like, as much as 
Lida's mom is saying, you know, we exist, you know, to be happy. Like there's so many things that we could do that would make us happy. Hmm, how would I word this? We, if we were to engage in those things, we wouldn't be happy. Just from the sheer concept, I think, I know you know this because you did economics a little bit and you're probably aware of it because you're into stocks, which is a law of uh, residual return. The more you so the law of residual return means that the more you do something of the more you do the same thing every time you do it you're going to derive less enjoyment and for me enjoyment is kind of tied to happiness like we could all all three of us i'm willing to bet we can all be in agreement like we could like well n nothing will make us more happy than to just be able to be at home everything's already taken care of and we can just watch anime all day yeah yeah if i didn't have to worry about expenses and all exactly. that stuff yeah yeah. Anime all day, but I guarantee you, like maybe a day or two in, yeah. you're big, yo. This ain't it anymore. I'm, I'm kind of, maybe not a day or two, but you're gonna start thinking about me like a week after, a month after, whatever. There's gonna be a point where you're big. To be honest with you, I, I kind of wanna start doing things again. I wanna just sit, sit here and watch anime. That's what happened during the pandemic, though. I think that's what happened during the pandemic. You were also working on an app. Yeah, I was, but um. But at the same time, <laughs> like this guy's working on a whole app, so it doesn't. No, so. no, 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 no. But but but, but like I'll, I'll give you an example. So for example, you know, you, you know when when you're a kid, you're like, oh man, I just want to get paid while doing nothing. The yeah. pandemic came, right? And then a lot of people's dreams got realized. They were getting paid, especially if you're 16 and older. You know, you're getting paid for doing nothing. So now you're just at home, right? And you're getting paid. But then a lot of people start to become more depressed because they realize that the longer you do that. It's, you're it's, isolated. It's, yeah, you're isolated. It's just not healthy. But then, um, just to touch on your point, there's actually this theory, I think it's called the theory of happiness, that when you seek it, like, very good chance that you're not going to find it. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, and the, the more you seek it, the more it kind of, like, runs away from you. So it's pretty interesting what you just said right there. Yeah, I feel that very much like Mira, I feel like a lot of young people, young men, I would mm -hmm. say, should focus on finding something that matters to them yeah. find something that gives them meaning and it's not like i need to i don't know have the i know it's very it's very on the nose for me to say it's like to have the most successful podcast out there yes i know it's very tongue-in-cheek because you know we're doing a podcast or i need to be uh i need to have a very successful manga and comic series or to create my own social media like it doesn't need to even be those like for I'll go somewhere with this in the sense of so for me one of my forms of purpose and meaning is to take care of my wife so that's driven me further to work on the podcast to do the things I do as a social worker to do the things that to to, um, to constantly be engaged with my, with my creative side as well as my community work side and just learning how to like find different ways of doing things because the more I'm able to do, the more I'm able to give her to make her feel secure and safe. That's and I deep. say that in a sense of tying that to like, I, I it, orig it all really came from originally like wanting to, how would I word it? To create my monument. So like, fun fact to go a little bit about me. The movie was trash to preface this, but Batman v Superman, when Superman died in the movie, spoiler alert, in case you didn't see a movie that came out like, <laughs> right? I mean, you didn't see a movie that came out like six years ago. Uh, yeah, six years ago. Ha ha. <laughs> um, is that when Superman dies, there's a, his plaque had a really powerful impact on me. 
which was um, it, it came from a, 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 an architect um, where their quote really was originally from which is and it, go, it goes into like even my, my appreciation for my grandfather in a sense of the, the plaque says if you seek his monument if you seek his monuments look around you and when you look around all the people that Superman touched had an impact who saved and that's something that I want in my life when you when you when you if you seek his monuments look around you it's not actual physical buildings but you can see what he built with the lives of others not killing them before someone's like oh he's a killer no literally having a positive impact on people and so that's that's where I'm at it's leaving an impact and having a legacy that people can remember not maybe not even necessarily me but the message I, I was I was um I was trying to share with others. I said in a sense of like, I never met my grandfather. Mm-hmm. He passed away in Nigeria from diabetes. But his message of communication, which you, you know this as your Congolese, like I'm half Nigerian, so like, and mm-hmm. you're, you're of Jamaican descent, like Caribbean and African fathers are trying to talk, especially about their feelings. <laughs> yeah. Let alone when they're back, they're born back in like 1922 Nigeria, Jamaica. Like feelings. Do you have food? <laughs> Is your school paid for? Yep. Do you have clothes? Why are we talking? <laughs> Go to school. <laughs> right? Um, but my grandfather always preached like communication with the family and him being close with his kids. And that had an impact on my dad. And that my dad passed it on to me. And now I'm having being able to share that with my with my wife. She's this is a man who was born in like 1910 Nigeria. Mm-hmm. 1910, most likely. He's have, his message is having an impact on a young woman in 2022, a century later, from a different country. There's no way he would have met her or her family, but he's having an impact on her, and that impact that's having on her through me is having an impact on her family. So his message, this man, uh, this, this man from my family... What I've never met is having impact on someone that he's never met. I think that's insane, right? So that's that's what and that's more part of his monument, or part of his monument. This this conversation is part of his monument. It's fast. Yo, you you look like you're just like processing everything. I just no, said, it's right? just it's just cool. <laughs> Honestly, yo, I'm yeah. just like daydream about like things that kind of like make me happy. That's honestly, because as you're speaking about that, it's yeah. like, it's very like motivational and very inspirational in the way how you explain it, just like the whole, just like developing happiness around you, communicating, building, and just doing what you have to do, like what's the purpose, true meaning and everything. And I'm here just sitting down thinking like, yo, honestly, I just want to do so much great things and then just make a really positive impact and also just compete and just, just win a lot and just be awesome. I'm just like, yo, this is just dope. It's very inspirational because, like, the way how I personally am, I'm a person who kind of likes to lead by example. I don't really like saying things a lot, doing all these things. I like literally being that person where I'm charging first or I know what to do first. I'm just going to go and do what I have to do. I kind of, like, I don't like having to be like, oh, you have to do this, that, this. I want to be that example. You know what I mean? So it's like that's how, like, I leave my impact around, like, my surroundings in a sense. And you but, see that with the youth that you work with in Malvern, right? Yeah, like legit. You were telling it, me about some of them who just like, he hasn't even seen them in months or years, and they're like, yo, remember that thing you told me? Mm-hmm. And like, some people come back, it's like, yo, one-on-one in ball, you trying to get that works? Because people who I played since they were young, they're, yo, 
you brought me into this whole kind of kind of <laughs> it's just like kind of. playing a lot competing a lot just like going in and just doing what you have to do and just kind of yourself. um exactly always pushing yourself non-stop even when they see me like down i'm always like back up i'm not the kind of person at least to me i'm not the kind of person where if i'm on a battlefield quote unquote i won't i won't give up if that makes sense try to like stress the whole fact you know just keep on following Resilience. what you want to do keep on like pursuing keep on going forward if something knocks you down get right back up yeah i seen ripple off onto like some of my youth and it's really cool i'll see some of the kids challenge me non-stop and they'll lose and lose and lose i went through that when i was younger with my brother like i'll challenge them non-stop and i'll lose and lose and lose but that also pushed me to greater heights in different levels because i'll always push from a young age i see these kids develop really fast their mindset like changes Sometimes they get too cocky, but it's it's good to see them get that sense of like motivation and just even when they lose, they're still kind of that. Oh, yeah, I'm still going in. I'm still cocky. You know, I will win next time. I'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> I just want to talk on this. I just want to add a little bit on this point. I feel like what he just said right there will pass a lot a lot of people. I think that there's so much joy and thrill in competition that a lot of people do not realize. Like for me personally, I think that competition is one of the most beautiful thing you can have because it's sort of also like a compliment. Imagine this. Imagine you create something and then somehow, let's say a giant company sees this and they're trying to copy like one of your feature, right? Like that is one of the greatest honor you can have because now here you are with barely any resources, little influences, but then you have this giant with thousands of people backing them with unlimited funding copying you. I feel like that's one of like the most craziest things. Imitation is a form of flattery. Yes, exactly. So I, 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 I mean, man, like it's, he's right. When I created um, that app called um, Lomami, the camera app, the first day it launched, right? I remember it passed text me. Like the free app where you can, you know, yeah. you can text for, for broke guys, you know? So, <laughs> it, so, you know, it passed that. When I saw that, I was like, no way. Imagine going from using that app when you're really young because you don't have enough money mm -hmm. to I pass them. Yeah. But then after that, of course, they passed me back because they have much more momentum than I do, yeah. right? But just having that taste, having that taste of competition was just like so rewarding because it's like, I worked so hard for this. Mm -hmm. Put in the work and you know. And then it wasn't yeah. until I saw it and I started to process what was happening. I was like, damn, I'm pretty happy right now. This this feels good. Mm -hmm. And then, really cool. yeah, so you're, the point you made was pretty interesting because I was reminded of that. So, so I'm going to just expose Yushi a little bit. So this guy's saying how he kind of has impact on you. If you go to any of his any of his uh areas in malvern the youth are literally like bachi and bench with him like they're literally like right behind him wherever he goes this guy's like oh you're kind of i'm just like no they're literally like following him wherever he goes he walks into the office they're standing at the office because they can't enter the office so they'll stand right at the office or just wait for him to come back then he'll come back out they'll follow him into the gym yeah. and then they'll follow him into like outside they'll, they'll literally follow him wherever he goes they'll yeah. even follow him to, to yeah, smash that's, that's to smash those tournaments they, they'll they follow him literally wherever he goes. I don't remember their names. I just yeah. know them as like, oh, it's the ones that are always right behind Ithamar. Who, if I seem like, you know, Ithamar is. Yeah. I, I don't know, bro. I don't know who he is. Stop pressing me. <laughs> <laughs> 
the other thing I kind of want to bring up is that I feel like it's also important because I want to talk about this in terms of it's, it's a heavy aspect of this conversation that needs to be talked about because Platinum Man starts off with suicide in the sense of um, you're remembering that right the the, yeah. the, the two students mm-hmm. in the sense of so fun fact Japan doesn't have the highest suicide rate it's actually South Korea there's actually documentaries on it in fact South Korea is like significantly higher than other countries mm-hmm. Japan is 12 per like 12 su- I think it's suicide I think it's 12 suicides per 100 per 100,000 people 12 South Korea 24 no 20 nearly double um, it's interesting um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known that I know it's not um, talked about yeah but it comes from the, t- the students which is I just wanted to read it it was where is it I'll end myself if I get rejected I can't go to a different college my life is over because it's such a high expectation and I, I kind of also want to temper the importance of finding something that's important with you it's the reason why I brought in my wife in the sense of it's also important not to externalize what gives you meaning and purpose in the sense of mom or I'm, I'm half of you I'm half of you especially on the African side it's on the Caribbean side but it's especially on the African side if you do not become a medical doctor for those that don't you are they're probably weren't ready for the Nigerian accent if you don't become a medical doctor not a doctor medical doctor you are a disgrace to the family we all know those family members who are stressed out going to med school, who are stressed out to be an engineer, because those are the only careers that matter, not necessarily creating an app, not becoming uh, an illustrator, right? And because you're not being those things, you're a disappointment. So you're constantly pressuring yourself to be something that you're not. And so once that thing doesn't work out for you because you've convinced yourself that life, your life is older, your life is over, right? I need to be making a hundred K. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just be happy being a teacher. I think maybe you just be happy with all your students getting like an average of a C plus because not everyone can get an A plus. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. But at least, you know, the average is a C plus to B minus every year for you. Maybe that's the most important thing for you. Maybe the most important thing for you is to just have a have a healthy, happy family. But as long as there's something that you're working towards that you've determined that matters for you, that's the most important thing. Like, no one told me that I need to make, once again, my wife my most important person. In fact, uh, when we look at Mira, like I said, it started off with the idea that I need to find my happiness. I need to focus on that. But eventually it changed into, um, what's it called? It changed into, I need to protect the happiness of others. Right? Because as long, what was the quote? Let me, I just wanted to read that. Yeah. Someone like Metropolitan, this is Mirai saying this, someone like Metropolitan who threatens the happiness of others isn't fit to become God. He determined that himself, and that's when he was more willing to use the white arrow for certain situations. After, as, and not even just willing to actually fire off the red arrow and then willing to just even bring out the white arrow, right? Because mm-hmm. that's something that he wasn't willing to do because like, I didn't want to harm anybody. But he came to realize that some people are hurtful. And it's not like someone told him to do that. Like, it's like what Kaido told him or Saki told him, he determined that himself. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it became Saki, both him and, and I know you want to talk about this, the thing that, the, the, the most important thing in person 
that mattered to Mirai was Saki, the girl. You remember his girlfriend, wife. And then for Saki, it was the same thing with Mirai. But it happened over time. It wasn't forced, it wasn't demand, and it wasn't them depending on each other's happiness, but them deriving happiness from one another. It's two different things. But it happens over time. And it should be you that determines it versus like having someone else tell you what's your most important thing because you'll never be happy. You'll never, or as Jordan put it, you will never be fulfilled. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's cool. I was also thinking of in Bakuman because I read like the first couple like chapters they spoke about how um this is the same this is the same from like, the same creator as yeah. death note and Platinum the men right yeah same mm-hmm. creator there was a artist so the main character he basically wanted to become a, a mangaka like he wanted to become an illustrator because his, i think it was like his uncle used to create comics but he used to create like gag comics apparently and stuff but his gag comics will get like random bursts of sales but then they'll be off the face of the earth so he said that like as the when he was young, he used to just always see his uncle just in his room, just kind of kicking it, just drawing all the time. He never really left his room. But when he did leave his room and everything, and when he did go inside the room, it was manga, amazing, bare comics, the shells. And then like one random day, he just like passed away. So like the rumor was he committed suicide because he wasn't a successful manga creator. Mm. And I think that like, that's what he was told to believe the whole time that he, he just committed suicide because of the sales. But I remember as the story progressed, because I read a bit into it, I stopped. It was, oh, he didn't really, like, commit suicide. He created his manga and continued creating. Eventually, like, he just passed away. I don't know the truth. I don't know the meaning why he passed away. Right. But they tried kind of changing the narrative at a certain point where it was, oh, that wasn't the reason. Like, he, he enjoyed his manga and, like, he did what he could. For some reason, he just, like, passed away. But it was, like, a rumor because he wasn't making that much money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just cool because I think about that too. Because for my, as like an artist, I'm always trying to create the comic. There was a point in my life the only sort of fulfillment I got was my comic or just my ambitions, what I'm doing. If that was taken away from me, like you know, how would I feel? Thing is, I always created and created and created and created. Like I never really stopped. But also too, like at conceptualization, where I have to take charge and actually really do this because I'm trying to become a comic book creator mangaka. Still gotta make money, still gotta make end means, you know, you still gotta do what you gotta do, still gotta hustle. Man still gotta eat. You know, man still gotta eat at the end of the day. It's hard out here. (laughs) If art ever disappeared, would I be unhappy? Yes, I would be unhappy. At the same time too, art can never disappear from me because it's Mm. my choice to put time into this. We have a love-hate relationship. I learned not to force it, like as you said. When I don't want to create sometimes, I just don't create, but there's never a time I don't want to create. If I sit down and I'm watching anime and I see like something cool, I'm inspiration. I need to draw. You know, that's what he's still. The man's got an itch. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that itch. That's that's just like with me. Like I get like impulse to do things that I want to do. Just like basketball, gaming, com- competition specific, competitive things. Mm-hmm. Could be anything, you know. Like you play a game of tic tac toe, you go at it for hours. <laughs> but like probably not that serious though, because tic tac toe. Like at some point, someone's gonna be like, all right, bet. Switch you know? up. Yeah. Unless it was I win, then you win, I win. It's like, all right, who wins two times in a row? Then we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and something like that. But like, That's not a three, yeah. <laughs> Got to end somewhere. I like the whole idea of, you know, forced happiness, the diminishing return, and just kind of like going with the flow. It's, it's a really cool thing because it's like, don't really like force things. If something's not meant to be, it won't come. It's meant to be like, it'll gradually work its way in and it will. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a meaning to why we're doing. It's interesting. 
I like. I just like how like with Mariah and Saki, what's her name? Saki, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like Mariah never really like forced anything, and Saki was in her own world. They were both developing as their own characters, but they recognized each other. With each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. But they recognized each other, and like it was never like something where I was like, oh, you know, like, cause you don't like me, I don't really like you, or something like that. It was more like, oh, you're a cool person. But we're own we're both developing and you figure things out. They still stayed connected throughout the whole way. It was never really forced, and they went through experiences with each other. They got to fight with each other, and I think that's a huge thing too. Cause when did that happen again? Huh? When like, did that happen? When did they get into a fight again? Not not a fight. I said they got to fight alongside what I meant. Oh, to fight say. alongside. I said okay. fight with each other, as in like fight yeah, alongside. Yeah. They get to like actually fight alongside with each other and get to grow with each other over time. Build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was all through facing adversity too. It was okay. We're going. We're going through things, and we work through all of these things, and they kind of solidify their bond. And that's something that happened with family, too. Like, we all grow with our family. We all solidify, like, a strong bond with each other. And then they say, like, as humans, we're a social being. So these things also give us energy and give us happiness. Growing family and all of it, like, at the, at the core of it. At the end of the day, it's, you shouldn't can, really, yeah, like... Family brings happiness. You yeah. should, shouldn't really force it. Just like you can't, can't even, like, force family. Family will just always be there to begin with. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's always there. But everything else, like, you shouldn't force it. If something's meant to be, it's going to be... You're, what were you about to say? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask him a question. Do you think that Saki always loved Mirai? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I Why pers- do you think it was realized then? I think it was realized, to be honest. What are you I- asking? When did, she, what, when did she realize that she loved Mira? Yeah. Okay. I have my and for about. what reason? For what reason? Yeah. Okay, so that, that's... That thing. is huge, you know, mm-hmm. in the show. Honestly, I feel like um, in the beginning, she... When Saki was kind of unhappy in the beginning because she always felt that, like, she needed to do everything, kind of, like, fake her happiness most of the time to, like, to make... Tone. Yeah, mm-hmm. to just adapt, make everyone happy, make sure everyone's good. But she forced it so hard to the point she became unhappy. So I feel like when it came with Marai, they were always around each other, always friends. It wasn't something where it was, okay, I have to force this. It kind of happened gradually in a sense. I feel like that's just like a huge thing where they kind of develop this relationship and bond gradually as things were happening. But both of them were going through their own things. At the end of the day, they're both going through their own things and it really developed over time. I think it really started to happen, like she really started to realize it when she, I, I'll say like after Metropolis Man. Like, yeah, I, th- I feel like Metropoly it was Man. M- Metropoly Man. I feel like it was after those moments of we went through all of this. We experienced what it means to lose because they lost their comrade on the field. They developed stronger, really like, good theory on that one too. yeah. They developed stronger bonds, basing through like all the things they went through adversity from like childhood. Yeah, adversity, as I said earlier. It's like they went through all of these things, and they developed that strong bond. In the beginning, it was just Mariah. Oh yeah, you know, I, I've known you for a long time. You was know, it Mariah always still under the influence of the Red Arrow? No, it stopped very like by like episode three. It was over. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think even by the end of episode two, and then that's when she was like, "Yo, this guy actually likes me. He was he's not faking it. Mm-hmm. He he always did from like get go, like yeah. from his childhood. He said, seen her, they seen the flowers or whatever. Some ladybug story I forgot. And happiness. It was always, oh my gosh, let's be happy together. <laughs> that was just, yeah. oh my gosh, let's be happy together. Uh, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, so no, so I do think that after they did go through some, you know, adversity, that, that Saki probably developed some sort of affection towards him. But I do think in the beginning that 
most of the things that Saki was doing that she thought that was for me right was I truly believe it was out of guilt because if if we analyze exactly Saki's behavior she tends to do things to make other people happy because she wants to atone for what happened in the Because she's not allowed to be happy. Exactly, because she's not allowed to be happy. So the question is, and this is kind of hard for me to realize, but I'm trying to realize, when was that moment that Saki truly loved him? Like, you know how you can just okay. see? so You can just see in their eyes there's that aha okay. moment. So it was when... Mirai, when Mirai uh, did did some gangster did some gangster shit, yeah. which was like when he pretended to drop her. That was when everything snapped. Oh, yeah. oh I remember. Okay, now mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, that was oh, when yeah. everything snapped because the thing is, she felt, and it was their conversation afterwards. Because like she was just like, because one of her friends was just like, oh, why can't you? So people mm-hmm. like, how did this guy remember everything in the show? I rewatched mm-hmm. the first half like literally last night, so everything's fresh in my mind. <laughs> her friend was like, yo, that weirdo that's there's soccer weirdo still watching you fam like what are you gonna do about that she's like yo Mirai that's my dogs he's, he's, he's my dogs he's also my bodyguard she's like oh yeah I thought you guys were dating she's like nah fam mans can't mans can't date mm-hmm. and then she's and then we later find out she she didn't want to date him because she felt like she doesn't deserve happiness because mm-hmm. she didn't stand up for him and was actually played along in peer pressure into bullying him mm-hmm so it was only when Mira was just like, "Oh yeah, you want me to kill you? You really, you really feel like you should die? Say less." And then he dropped her, and then that's when she reached out and grabbed him. She's like, "I want to live." Yeah. And then after that, they went on to like a rooftop, and it was such a the creator. And that's why I want to do an episode on like mangaka and like just a conversation like how they illustrate. It was so well done. He's like sitting there, and he looks so peaceful, and he has his angel wings kind of like in the background, yeah. and she's like, like, like. Um, aren't you mad at me? Like, aren't you upset by everything that happened? He's like, I'm not mad at you, and it's not a problem. It's okay, and it and made him. You could see just a benevolence from him as a character, and that's when things just really shift. Like, she never, she realized a, she never understood him, and b, he never, he always saw her for who she truly is. That's why he was like, oh, you really? Because he knew that she wanted to live, but he can't convince her of that she has to realize that on her own. So he let go making her realize herself and then she's like yo I really want to live and he's like and fam I've known this the whole time I've known this the whole time you're the only person that thought you didn't want to live and then that's when they started flying they, they, they later went flying together and that's when like it really registered and then the next day she was just a lot more lighthearted because she's like I'm allowed to be happy the person that I quote unquote needed to forgive me already forgave me way before I even realized okay now let me just touch on that point I don't think she was in love back then then I don't think I don't think she loved him that much. Okay, so you're talking about specifically okay, now word like this. Because remember she started to fall for him at that point. Okay. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. Because it happens over time throughout the whole series because she realizes what type of person he is and how much he cares for others and how much he's willing what he's willing to do for others. And that's what really had an impact on her to really like I guess you could say follow alongside him in terms of his journey. But when she started to fall for him was really at that moment where he did that gangster shit, was just like, All right. Bye. <laughs> she reached out. Okay, yeah, that makes sense now. Also, like, Mariah, like, one thing I wanted to add to us, like, Mariah never changed who he was from the get-go. Like, through everything that he went through, it was like, I'm Mariah. I'm going to find my happiness. I'm going to do it my way. And, like, he grew so much. Like, he, like, when he was finally like, all right, I'm going to, like, I'm going to bring out the white arrow and just, like, do what I got to do. 
like through we've seen his purpose for, for everything we've seen his meaning his meaning to kill is like okay you're not going to take away from happiness from these people before it was like i can't do this because if i do this i'm unhappy but it's like he's found like true purpose and meaning and i feel like um saki seen all of that too over time and she started to get like more and more guilty like more and more guilty where was, oh this person has resolved he's truly fighting for everything that he truly believes in all and it was doing all this fake stuff i need atonement like you're saying what what do you mean by he didn't change he didn't really change he didn't change he I kind of uh, he developed so it evolved yeah. instead of changing it it, it evolved yeah. to match the circumstances it's actually i was actually gonna read like a perfect quote from Hokkaido, mm-hmm. the dad with cancer like he says about mirai which was Mirai, your determination to live, no, your determination not to let anyone anyone die hardly makes you unsuited to fight. So in other words, because he's willing to save lives, which is to make sure that to guarantee people's opportunity to find happiness, mm-hmm. that's why he's willing to do in a certain way whatever it takes to save every to save as many people as he can. I th- I think that he changed a lot to be honest. Okay, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. I think he changed a lot. Um, so first of all, I think that many of the wa- many of the viewers can agree with um, with me on this. Oh, okay. When they say, okay, this guy's company. Like, I'm gonna take the whole audience. When, when they say when, when I say um, he was unbearable in the beginning, he was truly unbearable. Yeah, super wishy-washy. Super wishy-washy. He lacked confidence. Uh, you know, he wasn't determined. Uh, he wasn't decisive. So it was very hard to watch that. And um, of course, of course, it was hard because if you're going to talk about suicide or, or depression, it's going to be a heavy topic, right? So, you know, that makes sense. But it wasn't until he actually realized his purpose and found meaning in that purpose. And what would you say his purpose was? Make Saki happy. Okay. Simple as that. Okay. Um, so I think that when he realized that, he started to truly change. But of course, it was like a gradual step towards that. Okay. Like he realized the more I surrounded myself with Saki, the more I want to be a better person, the more I want to do more for other people. Because I guess to him, Saki's happiness just means the whole world. Uh, even if it means 7 billion lives, sure, whatever. Um, but that's the price of Saki's smile for him. Right? So he was willing to sort of like carry that heavy burn, put that on the shoulder and say, you know what? Um... Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to change who I am because I want to be with this person right here. So, and I think that men tend to do that a lot, especially if they find that one person. I don't, I don't know if you did that for your wife, like if you just became a better person or if she made you a better person. So, but I, it, it's sort of like a common theme. So I think that's, I, I think he changed because of that, because of Saki, right? The minute Saki was around him, he started to change and you can kind of see it. You see it very clearly that he's just changing slowly. So, so that's pretty. Say change. I would say he grew. Yeah, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but I use the word evolve or whatever. Yeah, evolve, grow. Like I would say, because yeah. for me, change implies that it could have even been contrary. It could have even been like his perspective could have been contrary to what he was, but it always maintained the concept of happiness, yeah. of maintaining the collective happiness. Yes, there was a focus. There was definitely a focus on Saki, especially as the series went on. But he was always like, "No, I." Need to. He didn't like like he was heartbroken mm-hmm. when Hajime, the the good looking ugly guy, died. Yeah, it still affected him the same way as like maybe worse for Saki, but it still very much affected him. He very much guilt tripped himself for 
Hajime dying from the injection from saving them. Yeah, but that was sick. Yeah, like, know, yeah, yeah, he was, he was gangster. Yeah. I love how they always find ways in anime, of, including uh, Katana and Sword Club. Like, this show's about like angels. You still got like a, you still got a samurai. It's like, how you, you guys always doing this? You can be in the twenty first century and they have a katana, stick. right? Like, and it's, and it's yeah. more somehow it's always more effective than like machine guns yeah. and artillery tanks. What, what? Always. Anyways, for me, I always had a direction I was going in. Yeah, but I would say it's tough. I've always had a direction I was going in in terms of in terms of where I want to go. Like I said, the monuments it's had an impact on me since twenty sixteen. I've had I've known it. I've had a direction even before them, but monuments really was just like this is where this is where I want to be. Um, and I would say, with her, it's made me. Oh man, it's tough. I never had to. I never had to think about that. You kind of did say it earlier. I did. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how I want to word it. It always it always reminded me where, where I was doing, but like in terms of what I'm in terms of what I'm able, <laughs> in terms of what I'm able to do, in terms of what I'm able to do, and what I'm willing to do. She's pushed, and she's not telling me. She's not like, what happened to you? Become a better social worker. She's not doing that, but she's making me want to do that every time I every day I see her. By just being an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. That's how I word it. Let's continue. I know, Jordan, I want to say some stuff about Metropolitan. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think you mentioned something about uh, taking away someone's happiness. Mm-hmm. You're not going to let someone take away your happiness. Yeah, exactly. So, when I look at Metropolitan, he's, he's a very interesting character. So, his purpose, his goal, whatever you want to call it. He's essentially taking taking away people's people's happiness, right? Mm-hmm. That's essentially what he's doing. Selfish, selfishly. Very, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very selfish. But then there's something very interesting. So it's like how how do you define like like for example, it's like how do I word this? How do you realize when someone's purpose is taking someone else's happiness, right? Like for example, I can be an entrepreneur. Uh, within my nature, I need to compete. And make pro- profit, right? Even if I have to put someone else out of business, you see what I'm trying to say? It's like one could say, if I could jump in on that, one could say it's also on that company for yeah. not evolving to the times to be able to compete with you. Still, one could say that. Yeah, that's one layer I would say. Sorry for jumping, but that's one layer I would say. You should look like you got something to say too. Um, so you having you having to smirk. Um, And then the other thing is, I think there's a difference between intentionally taking away someone's happiness versus inconsequentially. I'll give an example on my end. So one end that's intentional, which we're going to talk about on another session, which is uh, Shield Hero. And just, I'm I'm an Aofumi. I've been falsely accused. So she intentionally, because you know the whole story. He was involved with it, by the way. Like, not like... In it, like I was the one who was falsely accused, but he he was one of the people like you got interviewed for it, right? So, um, what was I gonna say? She was caught as saying, I finally got him. No way, yeah. So, I was, that was on record. So, that's an example, or even just like kind of what we want to talk about, which you know, we're gonna talk, talk just a little bit on Amber Heard. She was happy, she was smiling. She there was there's video footage of her smirking mm-hmm. when. She was finally able to false a huge Johnny Depp of physically and sexually abusing her. 
Mm-hmm. That's someone intentionally trying to take away your happiness, your own your own freedom to be happy versus inconsequentially my own inconsequential one was I when I started working at the community center you remember I haven't been with I wasn't with the city for that long but I got promoted quickly but because I got promoted quickly it means I took that opportunity from other people who were there longer to be promoted to supervisor so I'm taking away pay from them Mm -hmm. so it means I'm taking away opportunity from them Mm -hmm. but I'm not trying to hurt you Mm-hmm. But it happens because I'm trying to do more things for myself. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature, just kind of like we're talking about in terms of competition. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when you beat someone in Smash. But what, if, it's, what if you do it without realizing? Yeah, the unintentional, that's what I mean by unintentional. No, 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 no. But listen, what if you do it without realizing in a way that's actually hurting the person? Like, for example, you don't realize what you're doing, but it's bad. Like, for example, what you said, right? I mean, that's just, that's just it happens, right? It's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily bad because, I mean, you got offered that, right? And you just decided to... I went it. out for it. It wasn't, wasn't necessarily offered. I went to go and take it. I found it. I, yeah. I found out by myself. I didn't tell anybody else because mm-hmm. I want it for me and I took it for myself. Okay, but let's take Metropolitan situation now. So he was... He basically Metropolitan man. Metropolitan man. <laughs> I thought it was Metropolitan. Like, okay, I know, because you do too much poli side. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Let's take his case, for example. So he's out here, right, uh, basically with his ideology, um, essentially wanting to kill people for his purpose. Whether we can argue on this, whether he thinks this is wrong or right, in his mind, he thinks that's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And actually, you can also argue consciously, right? Because right. he's saying it. Right. He's saying it and he said, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it. Right. So how do you, how do you define that? Like, exactly where do you put that in? In your definition of what you just described, like intentionally, intentionally. he's also knowing that he's killing. He also is aware that he's killing people. He's also aware that. Yushi, I know you want to say something. Yeah, so, okay. so, so there's also the like I agree like exactly what he's saying. I know what, what you're trying to mean too. When it comes to metropolitan men, I'm just getting mixed up because you're like metropolitan. Like so, the way I do it is like I just take metro and police. Yeah. I was just gonna say that, yeah. Yeah. Metro so yeah, so metro poly man, um, I feel like there was a a huge sense of some crazy pride in there. His true meaning to everything was like really warped because he wanted to eliminate all like the quote unquote scums of the world, the bottom tier people, because he was like, <laughs> he was like, these people are the same one that corrupted my sweet little sister because it was like his sister he had a crush on some random high school or something like that, and he was just like, oh. Now, my sister has become tainted because she's talking to some random people out there. Now, she's going to become one of the cockroaches, too. And then, as he was explaining all this, he kind of... I, I would probably say it's like pride, a, a bit Definitely of like um, envy and all these things. Because now you're taking away my sister. I feel like the sins really come into play with this. Where it's like he, he let like certain things like take over. And it was like, he oh... let his sister fall. Pride. Mm-hmm. And he... Yeah, he literally let his... What's what's the saying? Um, pride before the oh, fall. pride is pride. Pride is the is the first one to damn. Forgot the quote. Pride is the first one to go. Mm-hmm. Basically, when things are getting bad, the first thing that's gonna go, pride is the first to fall or something. I'm gonna I'll search it up. Yeah, there's not. There's that. Yeah, something like pride that. Pride before the growth. There's there's a lot of things. I don't know, but it just came to mind anyways. He allowed these things to warp everything in his mind. So there okay, we go. I accidentally. Pride. Pride goeth before destruction. Pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
So like pride he, will be the first thing that'll cause you to fall. You see, I have my answer for my own question, but I just want to give you guys take on this. Yeah. So when is it for a purpose to be justified while taking someone else's happiness? Well, one could say one could really look at the show in terms of Mira, and he said, "What was it? If as long uh, I forgot the I forgot the quote, but basically he's just saying, oh, there it is. Someone like Metropolitan who threatens the happiness of others isn't fit to become God. So if you're going to threaten the safety and happiness of others, then you have to be stopped. Mm-hmm. Now, how you decide to be stopped, that depends on who you are as your person, your d- disposition, your temperament." Mukairo was just like, this man needs to go. I'm yeah. about to look, fill this guy up with lead. Me and I want to bring this guy to jail. But they both wanted the same outcome, which is for him to stop. Yeah. And I'll just add to it where like he was, he was led with like wrong intentions. I brought the, the pride, the envy, and there was like heavy wrath in there too. Yeah. Like if you if you lead your actions with wrath, you won't really think clearly about anything. You or you will, you will rationalize certain things to however you want to rationalize it because I'm angry. The, you cockroaches took my sister. This this is all your fault. That's literally what he was saying. It's like all of your guys' fault. You cockroaches, da da this, da da that, and he acted on it. Like his his purpose, his meaning, and everything, all came from like a very bad source. And I feel like that's what really kind of like de- defines like villains in a sense. Because it's normally villains where, where we'll be like, okay, he's following your ambitions, but this kind of has to stop. Like his what he's doing now is affecting everyone. Same thing applies to Orochimaru, just to throw him in here. I was like, he was kind of led from a very, very dark place. He had his own ideology and everything, but it, it really came from, he was angry because his life was different or whatever. I don't want to turn Orochimaru because it's off topic, but at the same time too, he was trying to like prove a point. Like he was really prideful at this point. Like the pride mixed with the wrath. It was, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to make a point. And that point's going to take away everything from you guys, and you guys want to understand this all pointless, and the true meaning is immortality. Da, 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 this is a whole, a whole mess of everything, and it took him a very long time to grow. But like you know, like certain villains kind of have warped kind of ideology or anything, and it really comes from like the sins and everything. Like we all, I'm pretty sure everyone has come in a situation where it's okay. I'm being tempted from this nature in me, whether it's something where it's greed. We all love money, first of all. Greed, lust, we're all guys, first of all, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Wrath, we've all been angry before, I'm pretty sure. And like sometimes like we act on these things without even thinking. Sometimes we rationalize things even when it shouldn't be rationalized, you know? So like when these things start to crystallize and solidify in like your mind where it happened in um, Metro Polyman, I was like, you know what? I'm really going to blame everyone but myself for the passing of my sister. And I'm going to be even angrier. Though he was already kind of like a, a weird, messed up person in a way. Oh, this guy's a weirdo. This guy's yeah. working out naked and looking himself in the mirror. Yeah, like, are like, you weird, th- That pride, he even showed the pride. Just even saying that, like, yeah. that pride is That's just like... weird. So that weird you're though. that vain? You need to look at yourself <laughs> naked while you work out? Are you weird, bro? Holy. So, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy. I, I really think that the sins are a really big thing. Cause it, no, but in the... Um, he said something very, very interesting, Eb. So, the, one of the things that For I mean, yeah, no, uh, what Eb said, Eb said something very interesting. And I think that, I think the writers are also well-versed in the sense that, like, they, they've done their homework when it comes to, um, when it comes to psychology. And I'm going to get to my point. I think that um, you said, I'm going to stop you because you've become a threat, right? 
Um, I always like to relate things back to theories and and, and psychology or politics even because that's the way I understand the world. So I, I remember, I think I was reading this one book. I think it was called like, oh, let me get, I think it's called, it's called Liberty. Yeah, so it's called Liberty. I think, it, I, did you guys hear about a one philosopher? His name is John Stuart Mill. I know the name. Yeah, you know, you've heard of it, right? So in his book, he says, I think there's this one principle, it's called the harm principle. It's like, we can do whatever we want to do in life, right? Unless it doesn't hurt somebody else. And then, of course, the 21st... In yeah, in theory. So, And then, of course, the 21st century variation is probably like, um, we can do whatever we want to do unless it doesn't hurt anyone else and ourselves, right? Because what happens is, once you put other people's life in jeopardy or if you become a threat then the state has every right to stop you and even people right and i remember i remember um there's this one application it's called good to talk and one of the things that we said this is every single psychologist right they always said you know if you're ever contemplating suicide what we have to do we have to notify the police the state right so it's sort of like interesting how the writer of this show and I guess you can say it's basic, right? But the writers show like they use all these principles to tell a bigger picture here. So I think that's very interesting. So for me, to answer my own question, I would say that, you know, if a person's, you truly have to stop a person's purpose, again, what you said, is if it's threatening other people, literally threatening other people. And that's what I think it is too, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. And then on the other spectrum, and I could see, as I'm saying this out loud, I could see why they ended the first half of the show with Mukaido and Metropolitan dying in the sense of Mukaido, his thing, which I can very much relate to because I'm in the process of creating my own like biological family, is um, he wanted to protect his family no matter what and made it so that he everything he did was to secure their safety and then by so being as cli as cliche and as tongue-in-cheek as it is um secure their happiness so that's the reason why no matter what he wanted to kill metroplyman because he was in direct opposition of him because if metroplyman succeeded that's the end of his family and if metroplyman and if mukaido wants to protect his family this is the guy this is the father with cancer he has to stop metroplyman he's the single greatest threat to his family's safety and happiness. Which you, you, is why you know it brought what him I've happiness. always realized? Why is it why is it I've now this can this is probably a stupid question, but I've always realized this is that it's like depending on the situation, if for example, what makes it right for a soldier to just kill randomly? You know? I think Joker sp spoke on that in the sense of like War is the only time where, like, you're celebrated for killing people. So one time you're allowed to do that. Yeah, so it's... And that's because we're, de we're a government, uh, a bunch of people who we don't even really see except on electronic screens are telling us, yeah, those people over there need to, need to die. Yeah, they give us all purpose because we are all kind of, um, we have that kind of hive mentality. We work, we're social beings. And it's like, if you're feeding us certain kind of information, this propaganda will kind of, you know, it'll... So if I'm in our heads, we're killing the villains, we're killing the the devils, we're killing these people, you know? Like, and I find it interesting just that just how depending on the situation, just how things can just be so messed up. Like when you really realize it. Like for example, 
But you know what? You can't just walk down the street. Even if you were to see someone, like in Canada, I'm speaking in Canada, you can't, you can't, if you see someone probably like stabbing somebody else, you can't, and let's say you have a knife yourself, you can't just go up to that person and stab them. Even though you're doing it um, for the sake of protecting somebody else, you can't do that. It's against the law, right? But now let's switch the setting, right? Now you're on a battlefield. Well, I could just kill 100 people and I'm celebrated. So it's like, it's so interesting. It, you just again, switch the defense, setting. Because if yeah. you kill civilians, you might get on dishonorable discharge. No, you kill a criminal to be. Yeah, no, no, I'm, no, 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 no. So I'm just giving example. Like you, you yeah. can kill, you can stab and shoot, and the battlefield. But if you stab and shoot civilians, you're once again, you're, you're gonna be, you could be given a dishonorable discharge. Yeah. There's um, w- yeah. there's what's what they called? There's a name for it. There's um, war, war crimes. Like yeah, war you, crimes. Yeah. If you do like certain things, the that like you would be surprised how many of them get away with it. I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying there's rules and regulations behind that that could get you, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, in trouble well, for that. I remember a lot. Of, I remember we always hear stories where it's like the soldiers sometimes even rape the civilians and stuff like that. A lot of these people they go into these things the and they're just conventions. Like, yeah, their their mindsets are different. Like everyone's going to the war. There's so much different people. We're all going with different mindsets and everything. People are just gonna do whatever. Some people will just listen. Be like, all right, kill everyone. All right, bet kill everyone. Then there'll be some people with conscious, whatever. Some people will, like kill them, rape them, whatever. But at the end of the day, as we're following these orders, we're still gonna act on what that person wants to do. And I just want to touch back on what I was saying, where when it comes to like the sins and everything, it's like these things are a part of us. And I also too believe that there's another side of the sins. You know, like even though there is wrath there is a, kind of like a good kind of wrath or controlled wrath yeah. even though there is greed the yin yeah. and the yang exactly even though there is greed at the end of the day there's a, a good sense of greed where it's like you know you want to provide you want to continue gathering resources literally greed and fma mm-hmm. literally, literally literally greed and fma once you rewatch the show again literally greed and fma literally. Yeah, i was having a discussion with my friend i said um there's good and bad jealousy but then he never really understood what i meant by that i'm like you can be so I have interest, sorry I just want to jump in that's a really good cool thing that you said because yeah. during the Amber Heard trial uh, one of the head members of the APA yeah. so I actually saw those evil people who are in charge of the American Psychology Association you know when you have to do citation notes I know you know those ones so I finally saw one of them I was like yo I don't like these people but he had a really he, I really don't right? <laughs> APA style you never have to deal with it because you you're in the art world but like we have to write papers so there's different citation notes. Otherwise, you can get like plagiarized and then kicked out of school. Imagine writing a long essay and then you forgot to properly cite it. With the whole TV. thing, you're, you're in trouble. You're, you're flagged. You lose a lot Based, of No, for real. Not just flagged, you can get kicked out of school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're plagiarizing, basically. Yeah. But yeah, so he actually, so the head of the, one of the head members of the APA, when he was talking about Amber Heard, he had a really good thing, but he never got to expand on it. Mm-hmm. He was saying how he sees that there's a, there's a fundamental difference between envy and jealousy but he never got to expand on it because someone said objection hearsay but like i was like oh there's actually you'd say there's a difference between jealousy and envy so i really thought that was interesting i agree absolutely i agree i i I think that there's a huge difference between uh, jealousy and envy um but i I think the difference just just um really relies on it really falls into just the connotation part so for example um, I think that when if you hear the word envy as a much more, you know, even worse connotation than jealousy, for example. I would say the opposite, but go on. Okay, no worries. So, like, for example, I would be, uh, no, I think you're right. No, I think, I think you may be right. Yeah, no, I flipped it around. Yeah, so I think, I think jealousy is much more um, worse than envy. 
Yeah, yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, because like I don't like I can't think of a time where someone says I'm jealous of you, and I'm like, oh that's okay. Like usually if someone says like I'm envious, I'm like oh yeah you know like you'll get your time bro or sis whatever. Yeah. But like where it's like yeah I'm jealous of this guy. I'm like oh I'm not trying to have you in my circle, fam. Like you're dangerous. Facts. <laughs> But yeah, everything is. But what you're going back on your point, everything is really contextual because, so like I, I'll just touch on this a little bit. But I was just like, you know, I was just watching the second Doctor Strange movie, and like Wanda Scarlet Witch, she's trying to get her family back, and the lengths to which she's going. So I'm not gonna spoil the movie for you, but the lengths she's willing to go to get her children, I'm like, did your children want you to kill people for them? Uh. This reminds me of the argument we had for uh, Lelouch and Natalie. Yes, a little yeah. bit. Like, are, did that person ask for you to do that? Like, is this something? Is this something that they want to have on their conscience that you killed people for me? You're not. You're. To be honest, you're. You're okay. Your your mom. Your mom levels mid. Yeah, I, like, what's wrong with you, right? So that goes into that because at the same time, like, maybe Mukairo's, um daughter wasn't gonna ex- wouldn't be accepting of what he did but he still did n- nonetheless to protect her which like he really was going to like send the world into chaos metropolitan and so that's that's why even it was just like i never thought that killing someone would bring me happiness yeah i i, I like his resolve like Mikado was he was that guy where was, your your reasoning for this is really badass and even though like it sounds like somehow wrong, at the end of the day, you're doing something that's really good, but for a selfish cause. Yeah, you know? which is what he even like. Yeah, he's like witness the proof that I was alive. This is my justice. As he's shooting in Metropolitan, and he's like, I'm half driven by selfishness. Mm-hmm. That self awareness, though. Yeah, a lot yeah. of self awareness. I, <laughs> I feel like. Um, when do you ever hear someone saying that? <laughs> there you go. Like the viewers have to realize that. Exactly from the, from, from the character Not the character themselves So that's crazy It's interesting And then The last person I just want to kind of Touch on a little bit As you wrap this up Is uh, Hajime The ugly Is the uh, ugly pretty guy In a sense of He hated the world Because he never felt Like he belonged But he always worked Towards that That was his Purpose That was his His reason To find ways In which he belonged He could have easily Just shot people With that red arrows And made them love it But he was like That's not good enough for me I want to feel like I belong. And he constantly worked himself towards that. It kind of got, you know, anime convoluted towards the end for his life. But he didn't just shoot it red arrows. He actually got plastic surgery. Even when he was waiting for his face to heal, it was working out. Like, I every agree. day, like, you and I were talking about that. He dyed his hair. He got his... started washing his hair. started bathing. And then um, when he realized that, like, he had another child, which is just going to talk to him, he's like... I need to learn from Metropolitan. He was constantly building himself up to the point where he got shot, obviously with a, with like a cupid arrow from Saki, and he fell in love with her. And then that's when he realized he wanted to be in the world. Prior to that, he just wanted the world to end because he never felt like no one ever made him feel like he belonged. But once he had a reason to love someone, mm-hmm. that's really what g- gave him reason to live. Which obviously his reason to live is also the reason he died because mm-hmm. he sacrificed himself himself to save her. But and from that, even when he was melting and became ugly again, she, he saw someone crying for him, and that's really what made him feel belong. 
because he had something that he was constantly working towards, which is like, I want to, he's basically just trying to be a better person. And that could be the main thing you're focused on. Maybe That's every day true. you're constantly trying to build yourself up. It doesn't just have to be, I need to be a doctor, I need to be a lawyer, I need to have a six-figure business, I need to have 10, I need to have like 10 bitches on rotation. Like It doesn't have to be those external things. And oftentimes those things are what other people tell you to do. I can tell you personally from someone who's had like a variety of, of, of women, hopefully my wife's not listening to this episode as I said that just naturally. Like, what do you mean a variety of women? Uh, <laughs> is that... You're getting um, yourself old right now. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I'm about to be in the doghouse in the next couple of weeks. People are like, why is this guy not posting anymore? It's like, hey. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The, the minute someone shot with an arrow, arrow and then, you know, I don't really take them seriously anymore, especially if it's uh, towards, especially as the person that shot them, mm. shot them with the arrow. Mm. Um, so, for example, the Hajime case, I'll be, I be completely honest with you. Um, when he when he saw that person cry, yeah, sure, subconsciously he probably felt something. When he saw that person, what? No, when he saw um, someone else crying for him. Right. Yeah, so he probably, yeah, I mean, subconsciously he probably did feel something but because he was shot by an arrow i don't i don't really take it serious so i think what you could take what you could not take seriously and i respect your decision would be him sacrificing himself because maybe he might not have done that if he wasn't in love yeah but she still she cried for him yeah yeah, she She wasn't shot with an arrow she genuinely cried over him dying why he was melting and looking ugly again Mm -hmm. and that and he didn't say he didn't say i was in love when he died he said i'm finally happy is it and even yeah. and even and to further hammer in my point is that even if it wasn't her, even if he wasn't shot with the red arrow, yeah. it's the a- pure aspect of like if we just like cut out all the super fast stuff around it, all mm-hmm. the anime stuff, he was happy because he was loved. Because now, someone cried yeah. because someone cried for him in terms of him doing something. That's now what, now was it really because she cried? Because did she really cry for him, or because she cried? She was reminded of how death looks like. Because that's the thing what she was guilty all along. Go on. Okay. So the fact that Sati, of course, no, what's her name? Saki. Saki, Saki wanted to, of course, you know, die because of the whole Mirai uh, situation. So she always told herself, you know what? Like I'm going to kill myself because of that situation. Right. So now because she saw that at face face value she, she do you think death. she was subconsciously just reminded wow so this is how death must look like because at the end of the day or or did she really cry just because she's just an empathetic person you see what i'm saying i would say she cried a lot for a lot of different characters she was yeah. even crying for the little girl remember when she got shot with that with the when yeah. when metropolitan killed her is, is she crying because she's reminded of how death looks like she really just didn't because want the girl. She was crying before the girl even died. She was crying in the, in the yeah. stadium. She was crying for someone to save her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She doesn't want people to die because she was about to die. It, but I'm she always, didn't. But she yeah, yeah, she didn't, didn't die, die. But we all know she was about to die. Because well, remember, no she knew. can see what's happening. Not everyone else. Huh? Because remember at the stadium, mm-hmm. um, we can see what was going to happen. Like they can see the angel, but you know, and like what was going to take place. Like they can see exactly what was going to happen. Okay, I see sense. what you're saying, but no, when she was watching the situation, didn't want someone to die, and even before yeah. then, she was always like, she was like, she, which is what pushed Mirai to like save people in certain circumstances because she yeah, didn't want true. other people because she just cares about other people. I wouldn't say it's necessary because it reminds her of death, and also I would say it's a bit of a stretch because like the man Hajime Milton, that's not normal death. And she she did feel guilt like on several occasions. Like it's a hundred percent guilt, yeah. 
Yeah, whenever, like, she wasn't able to, like, help or anything like that, she, like, felt a lot of guilt. And that's what really led she into, felt like... Useless, yeah. That's what really led into, like, her getting the wings for the, um, yep. the, the angel dude. Because, like, since they were kind of, like, bonding that much, they were kind of sharing this feelings of, like, freak, bro. Like, we're useless. People are, mm-hmm. We're all, like, people are dying around us and we're literally useless. And she reflected on all the situations where it was, like, where it was, um... She was useless. Yeah, she was useless. Yeah. And it was Mariah who had to, like, act on everything. Every single time. Even the stadium, it was Mariah yeah. who had to act. It was, exactly. it was never her. And she was, she, yeah. she was just getting all that built-up guilt, so I could, like, back what you're saying up, where I was, like, I feel like she actually genuinely also cared. Also, too, I wanted to touch on something else, where I was, like, for, um, pink-haired dude, Samurai, what's his name, you know? Hajime. Hajime, like, with him, I feel like when it came to, like, the whole love thing, like, him just being, like, oh, yeah, you know, even though I'm shot the, the red arrow, she, um, truly cared for me, blah, blah, blah. I feel like it's really impactful, that moment, because... Throughout his whole life, he never really had this purpose thing. Like, his first purpose was literally Metro Polyman, where I was like, okay, this guy is, like, cool as hell. I want to, like, be like this person. He gets all the girls and everything. No, he wants to be his homeboy. He's like, yo, you know, I could, like, learn from you and take on this coolness, too. And, like, as he was with that person, that was, like, his only, like, purpose. That was his only friend, his only everything. His only reason. Yeah, his only reason to live, pretty much. And that was kind of, like, a, a corrupt kind of like reason to live because mm-hmm. he was Metropolitan was kind of like all in his own like head with everything what we we're talking about earlier so it was like he was following these meanings these ideologies and i like to just relate naruto because naruto is huge on like the generation raising the next generation where it's like people probably turn bad because they're taught to be bad he was literally grown to be bad but then like when he finally met like saki and Mariah, it was okay. Like these guys are good. They actually like care and stuff. Like when Metropolitan Man was when he was with um whatever his name is, Samurai dude. It was like mm-hmm. it was like, oh you know you're just like a sacrificial pawn. You will never see me. But like he actually met like real genuine people. I feel like the transition from like oh I'm with this real like shitbag. Oh I'm with people who like actually care. I feel like he really got touched from that when someone actually cried for him. Because Metropolitan would not have cried. He already said it to the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're trash. You should have just died. Why are you even helping me? You can't even, like, you can't even watch them in this little playhouse, you know? He didn't even cry when he died. Yeah. So, um, like, it's, it's huge still, that that whole, like, purpose thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge thing in this show. Like, that purpose. Who gives you purpose? And, it, and it's interesting because and you would think that... No, go on. I'll say my point after. And this is why I say that superficial things cannot really, like, um be your purpose so for example you can't say money's my purpose like trust me money money comes money goes it's it's not so for example is like um have you realized that ever since like they acquired the white and red arrow they didn't necessarily get get happy like they weren't even though like they could get all the money all the money in the world they could kill who they want they can make anyone fall in love you know in love with they still were not happy and it wasn't until they found their purpose that they actually were they actually became happy. So, yeah. No, yeah, no, go on, go on. I'm, I'm gonna say my point now. Yeah. So with Mirai, for example, um, Mirai was still sad, even though he had the power of the gods. He was still sad, but it wasn't until he realized that you know what, um, I'm doing this for Saki that he became truly happy in himself again. Um, Metropolitan. Um, now he's coming. Oh, <laughs> Metropolitan. So Metropolitan, like. Yeah, sure. He he was happy in the sense that like, okay, you know what? Now now I can, 
go and realize my goal my for goals. um reviving for, my sister exactly for reviving my sister it wasn't necessarily the um the red arrow that was making him happy it was the the means in which he can use the red arrow to revive his sister that right. actually made him happy um hajime he just wasn't happy until the very end right until he actually saw that someone actually cared for him truly cared for him mm-hmm. and i think i think i think that was his purpose it was sort of like kind of selfless but i mean yeah interesting yeah yeah so i just kind of wanted to say in the sense of so there's two really good points that you said so one of those things and we're going to just start wrapping it up now in a sense but i wanted to say that um happiness is fleeting once again i really want to reiterate that you know as as jordan once as jordan just said before like material things are not going to bring you happiness even when the guy was like uh rodriguez was you know getting mad bitches and women for to to make himself feel important or metropolitan man was uh building his army to become god or yeah hajime was um getting plastic surgery to make he, he was in a better place but it didn't none of these things necessarily made these characters happy it's the actions that they took that it's the actions they decided to take for themselves that brought them closer to happiness in other in other words happiness is a byproduct of the actions you take for yourself every day every single day all the time even when no one's watching like i enjoy this podcast stuff and that's and i'm, I'm not doing because someone told me to i'm not doing it because like Deb asked me to is because I want to and I want to build off of it and that's what brings me like these conversations I get a lot of joy out of and I learn from it right the other point being is that like I th- the really the really interesting thing in terms of all the characters committing suicide is when they hit and this is coming from someone who's had so another thing about me that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about now is I've dealt with depression and suicide at, at one point in my life when my dad was going in the ho- in out of the hospital mm-hmm. and I would say from my own personal experience, I would I, I, I don't know what, what our, our, our audience would feel about this, but I feel that depression and, and suicide comes from a space of powerlessness. Because for me, it was when I felt like I couldn't do anything about my dad's health, that's when I gave up on life. I would say that's always, and that's what, like, with Mirai, going back on Mirai in the show, he really gave up on life once, like, he realized that there's nothing he can do about his family abusing him. I might as well just end myself, right? Saki's like, I didn't, I, I could never go back to apologize to Bia because he seemingly already killed himself. I might as well just end my life. Um, Hajime, I'm a hideous, ugly monster. No one's ever going to love me. There's nothing I can do. I might as well end my life. Metropolitan man, Yuryu, his real name, Kanade. Um, my sister's gone. There's nothing I can do to bring her back. I might as well end my life right there's always a sense of powerlessness that you experience from not being able to change your life circumstances but it's a process and as you work on the things that are within your control you can build towards what you can build towards what by working on yourself every day it allows you to slowly build towards an aspect of what we call happiness it happens with time over time every day what you decide to do for yourself mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any things that you want to say to that, but I wanted to kind uh, of um, I definitely agree with that. I did say, like, happiness was a choice. You said, like, there's perspectives to when we all combine, like, all these perspectives together to meet, like, one grand perspective, which I find, like, to be really cool. I definitely agree with what you're saying to an extent where, like, happiness is a fleeting thing. 
things can make us happy. They can kind of just go and then you're like unhappy. Is happiness real? Is happiness a choice? Like what really is happiness? I could definitely agree where it's like, I feel like in life, like we'll always face things with, we'll always see the bad and the good. So it's all about perspectives. We've all like, at least all three of us, like we've made it to where we are now. We've lived at least a fruitful life to our to our perspective. Like we've all done like what we can. We've all lived and we just, we protect all good people in a sense. Realistically, there is no reason to be unhappy. But at the same time, too, we always face adversity. There's always going to be problems and all of those things. These things are the things that could really change someone's mindset to be like, I'm just going to sink into depression for 20 years because all this shit just happened. But at the same time, we also grow from these things, too. Kind of how we are as humans. We're in this game, playing this game, in a sense. I call it a game because we're always like growing, we're always learning, and we have a community. We grow with the community. Go through all these things. At the end of the day, how we choose to like grow, how you choose to choose all the things in our life, to create one, like what you're saying, things that we do to lead to that happiness, basically what you're saying. Yeah, working, working on things that matter to us that lead us, that bring us happiness as a byproduct, mm -hmm. as opposed to being the main thing you need to uh, seek out. Yeah, legit. Like, it's, a, it's a real thing. You know, you have to always, you always have to kind of just grow, always grow and really be a good person. That's really what it really comes down to. You have to grow and be a good person because at the end of the day, we're always going to face like certain things. Not everything's always going to go our way at the end of the day, but there are always things that's going to remain familiar. There's always going to be things that are, are going to be there. Myself growing up, I had to learn that there'll always, because there was a point in my life where like I went to like my own dark space just to like add, and I was like, you know what? I'm dolo. I'm making my own bread. You know what? I'm off the face of the earth. I'm going to focus on myself. It was just like straight money. The only people who were around me was like the money talks. That was it. I abolished that beating of, you know, that happiness, that makes sense. <laughs> like I literally abolished it for a huge period of time, you know. And when I got rid of all those things, was I like happy? Like, was I whatever? Like, you know, like what was my mindset? It was, I'm thriving to go through all this. Even though a lot of things kind of took away my happiness to put me in this mindset, I was able to grow. But then I realized at the same time, this money thing, chasing it, is not really going to bring me happiness, you know. It was really like, I realized that there was people around me who will like always just kind of stick. It's weird how that transition happened where was, people are, are really cool. Even though I, I was going to go off the face of the earth and just like focus it's on myself. It's the 7K are, thing, right? Mm -hmm. No, this was, this was before that. This was before oh. that. That 7K thing was something like, this was, bro, I went through so much crazy stuff, bro. I really grow, man. I've literally stared death in his face before. I could have died, bro. I've been snaked in so many different ways and all of those stuff. He so has stories. I've, I have stories on stories, bro. So it's after going through all of these things, I went in a space where I was like, I just need to prioritize myself to the maximum, ultra selfish mode. That didn't make me happy. And I was kind of confused with the whole meaning of happiness. The only thing that brought me happiness was literally like my main purpose. That was to create art, get money, and just win at certain things that I want to do. But realistically, these things brought me, it brought me happiness, yeah, but at the same time too, like, I needed like more meaning and purpose and like fulfillment and I got that from, if that yeah, makes right. sense, like, to enjoy life rather than taking yeah. it so seriously. And I really got it just from experience, like love, if that makes sense, like the love of your family, you know, mm -hmm. like they really propel you, even when it comes to like relationships, friendships and all of these things, these things give us sort of fulfillment. But at the same time too, we always have to focus on ourselves. At the end of the day, we have to chase our happiness, chase our beliefs face adversity stare in the face go through everything and just really grow from it so you become like a real whole because the world will change this bro like straight up the world like all these things happiness is a fleeting thing anything could be taken away you could be 
winning and then you could just lose. You can't just put all of that into that one thing. Like I said, you can't stay depressed for 20 years. You can't be like, I'm going to be depressed for a year or two years or whatever. Because at the end of the day, we still have people that look up to us. Like you were mentioning with like the youth and stuff like that. Sometimes I forget that people look up to me completely. And I'll just be in my own world, not focus on anything. And it's after remember that I'm still looking out for people at the end of the day. And it gets really in-depth still. Yeah, just to really protect, really protect and really have resolve. Things will leave, but don't leave your resolve. Anything could happen. Shit, shit could go to, the, go to the fan, but at the end of the day, the things, whatever goes to the fan, I had my purpose with all of these things. If it leaves, it leaves. But at the end of the day, I still remain me and intact. Like, things come and go, but at the same time, too, you could make it stay a part of you. Things could go, but it could still be a part of you. If that makes sense. Because yeah, it's about it how we grow. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the reason it's a fleeting thing, because at the end of the day, it's an emotion. The same way anger, greed, uh, joy, sadness, they come and go, right? Emotions. So, so because happiness is also, you know, a state of emotion, I, I think that's the reason, personally for me, why it's a fleeting thing. But just to add on what you said, you said something about, like, depression is, is, is heavily tied to being powerlessness. Uh, powerlessness. Mm-hmm. I so I do agree with that to a certain extent but i'm going to also add um not being hopeful i think that i think that first yeah so i think first it starts with you you realizing that you can't do anything and then you not being hopeful anymore and then it leads to like severe depression you're just making it open up you're making it open up more no 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 because no no because this this is very important because no, I agree with you. I'm just going to end up talking about more of my own thoughts, uh, but go on. Okay, so um, instead of just talking about worldly examples, I'm just going to talk about myself. So I remember I, I, at a point in time where I realized that I just, I was lost. I, I didn't want to do basketball anymore. I just wanted to be in my room. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, you know, I've been told by society so many times, whether it's um, ads, whether it's close friends, even one of my close friends at the time told me, you know, you're not going to be shit or whatever. So yeah, so it's crazy. So when he was telling me that, to me, I took it as first of all, I'm powerlessness, right? Like I'm, I'm, I don't have any power. Like I'm, I can't do anything because what if what these people are saying is right? You know, like what if what they're saying is right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm being told by literally everyone, whether it's teachers, whether it's my close friends, whether it's you know ads or society, whatever the case may be, I'm being told by everyone that you're not going to do anything in life. So in my mind, I became, I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have any power because um, I'm being told by the same very people, one who's an educator, you know, who's teaching everyone, who knows a lot, that you're not going to do anything. So that sort of did something to me. So, but I didn't stop though. I was sort of sad and had anxiety. You could kind of say it was like dormant depression, Mm -hmm. but the thing that really made me depressed is when I lost hope. Hope in a sense where I just told myself and I convinced myself that tomorrow is not going to be a better day. And I think the reason why we, we as humans, we advance in society so far and we have all these scientific discoveries is because we're hopeful at the end of the day. So like we can have like days where we don't even know what the hell we're going to do. We don't have the power to change anything. That little kid right there who wants to be a politician and change the world, he doesn't even, he knows he doesn't have the power, right? But at the end of the day, as long as he's hopeful and he continues to strive, he can really do something with his life, right? Because imagine if we didn't have hope. 
and now you're power now you don't have power and you don't have hope like you're you're gonna be in a depressive state for like for god how long right so i i think that if you just add hope um being hopeful to that yeah it's it's a game changer man it's a game changer if you're not hopeful and you don't have power it's yeah i feel bad for the person yeah i feel like i was able to i was able to persevere because of the fact that i remained hopeful to be honest Bro, same so, with me, fam. Like, like, I know, I know, like, yeah. and, and I think we're all, all of here, um, all of us here are pretty self-aware, so we we knew at the at the time of our lowest self, like, we, we didn't have power. Like, we're well aware of that, but we still continued on because we were hopeful. Yeah, right? and so uh, we'll end it here in a sense of, um, so that's what I meant by you, like, making me open up more because I don't really just disclose everything about me. But that's the reason why I connect with um, Kai Kisuke in Guilty Gear and also Superman. I have a very strong theme in dogma. I don't know if you you guys, as I bring this attention now, you guys will know this is about me. But whenever I text you guys, I capitalize the H in hope. Don't remember. I'm not even going to lie. Have you noticed that? You capitalize the H? In hope. Every time I write it. Well, like, yeah, but like, I wouldn't think that's a thing. Huh? I don't think that's a thing. There's a reason. Like you There's a reason. It. It. I know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell. You. Oh, by the way, I'm saying hope because like I'm not gonna do that. I, mean, I think it probably just flew me by to be honest. Exactly. Because yeah. like I, I'm not gonna tell people, but like it's like, even when I write emails, I, I capitalize the, the letter H in hope because hope is a very serious word for me because it goes back into like what you're saying. Yes, despair and and not having hope. So, Kai hope was so strong exactly so Kai in Guilty Gear he has like a belt buckle and it has the word hope yeah. and what's also written on him is a quote from Helen Keller which is nothing can be done without hope yep. another quote that um, that makes me it's the reason why I love Superman so fun fact the S doesn't stand for super On his for his people the S is a symbol and the symbol is hope so Superman the, the symbol on his chest is yeah. hope and um, in the movie Master, so I'll just read this and then we'll, we'll end it here. The symbol, so there's uh, Superman's, you know Superman's like from another planet, so he has like alien mom and alien dad. Yeah. So they have, so uh, Jor-El has a quote in the movie Man of Steel back in 2013. By the way, fun fact, like Superman has a lot of Jesus and, and Christ references. Fun fact, like just to hit you with a little bit of something. <laughs> He's from a, a, a dying place and he was sent by his father to another place on a cradle to grow up somewhere else and come back and save his people. Okay. Moses. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. wanted to point that out to you. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so um, Jarrah says, the people of hope are different from us. But and The people of hope are different from us. It's true. But ultimately, I believe that is a good thing. They won't necessarily make the same mistakes we did. But if you guide them, Cal, Cal being Superman, if you guide them, Cal, if you give them hope, that's what this symbol stands for. The symbol of the House of El means hope. Embodied within that hope is the fundamental belief, the potential of every person to be a force for good. Mm-hmm. That is what you can bring them. You know what I also believe? If you had to pick between one of the two, I think that... Uh, um, depression when you really look at it um, uh, hope has a much more like harder consequence than um, and being powerless 
in a sense that let me just let me just uh, touch on this point before we go. Um, whenever you hear someone who's depressed, like oftentimes I'm gonna speak about myself. I don't really want to speak about somebody else here, but they'll be like, I don't even know what the hell I should do. I should I don't know what I should do next. Like mm-hmm. I'm confused. So it's not it's not really a case of me being powerless. It's just first of all, they're losing hope. Mm-hmm. That's what it is actually. So I, I think that it's a much more powerful feeling than it is to d- just simply be powerless. Because with powerless is like once you well, realize powerless what, means powerless in the sense of like you feel like you cannot take control of your life. Everything is out of your control, yeah. and therefore I am I'm I'm in despair. Like there's nothing I can do. I've given up. I've given up the ability to do anything because I can't do anything. I would call that control then. I would just call well, that control, control is a different thing. Yeah. You can control yourself, but once you realize you can control yourself, that gives you hope. You're like if yeah. I can't control this, but I can control how I, re- I can react. And if mm-hmm. I control how I can react and how I decide to handle the situation, then I can possibly change my outcome. Hope, mm-hmm. the possibility. Yo, I love that. Sorry, I was saying something before. I, I wasn't even trying to say something, but like... <laughs> <laughs> this guy was talking to himself the whole time. This guy was talking to himself the whole time. I want to touch on that point you just said. It's, it's really interesting. I like it. Uh, but yeah, it's just like that. the whole concept of hope, just like the having power and empowering yourself with hope, it's like a huge thing. As like a competitor, like a lot of the times, a lot of people will go into the game with the mindset of, I'm just going to lose, or I'm fighting the best person in the world, I'm just going to lose, or something like that. That literal mindset will affect your mentality yep. because you will stop thinking of the possibilities of like why you can win or like why it's is like mental. that. Competition it's a, it's a mental. real mental thing. When it comes to me, at least, remember how I was saying to kind of like lead by example? I don't like to waver. Like when I start wavering, I start doubting myself. When I'm wavering and I'm second guessing myself, I'm like, bro, why am I second guessing? Mm-hmm. And every time I've lost, I swear it's because I wavered. I like going forward and having that hope and that drive looking at the outcome, you know, that hopeful outcome. Mm-hmm. I always look towards that hopeful outcome. I base it off of percentages, even if it's a 1% chance, sometimes I'll be like, yo, that 1% chance could be the chance I need. I just got to play certain things out so that 1% chance could keep on increasing. But like, I always try to like keep that hope. As, that's why I was saying earlier, I'm kind of like perfectionist, where it's like, if my art's a certain level or something like that, I'll start to like lose hope. But because of that, I practiced rigorously. Like I kept on practicing and practicing and practicing until I got to a certain level and even when I was young just getting beat up in every single game everything I played and everything I was hopeful that when I get taller and stronger I'll be able to do this because I was always beaten on the ground now I'm going to get back up and be hopeful because sometimes I see I see my brother do these things they kept on growing and they're hopeful so it's like seeing him do this gave me hope we we gained strength off of each other yeah that's really what I was thinking about to be completely honest just to touch on your point really quick so um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but sometimes I have um, I have like OCD with certain behaviors that I do. Like for example, with my breathing, especially at nighttime, is that I consciously think about my breathing. I don't know why, like it just happens. And I just know I don't have power over that because that's what OCD is, right? Like you, you don't have power over certain, certain things. But it's like, it's like because I don't have power over that, it's like one of those things where I accept it, but it's not even something that you also have to accept. It's just something that it just is, and I guess you just live with it. But for me, it's it's just the fact that like I get to see another day. Just that hope, that hope factor right there. I get to see another day, 
I get to communicate with you guys and just argue with you guys. I get to see, <laughs> I get to see my family and I get to build on my businesses. I'll be honest with you, that's what keeps me alive. Like I, I, I get you I get the point of, you know, powerless in the sense that, you know, I can't um I can't even control that. You know, I can't even control exactly my action in that sense. In turn, it's making me depressed. But I feel like what's truly, truly, truly is like one of those killer, killer factor is losing hope. Because after that, it's it, it's like once you lose that, it's like why are you even living now? Because you're gonna you're you're definitely going to convince yourself why should I even see tomorrow when I could just end it today? Bingo. You see, so it's it's it, it it's pretty confusing. Also, um, there's a lot of people out there who know their power. They don't have any power and they know like with certain emotions they can't control it it may be frustrating but they still continue living on because of that factor and i feel like the reason why they fall into depression now i'm not this is no stats this is just my own opinion i think the reason why they fall into depression is because exactly what you said it starts in the mind they start to lose hope in themselves and their ability and everything which is why i think that hope is such a is such a strong indicator to uh to depress yeah. Everything that's giving me a hard time is because I give up hope. And so my main thing in life with everything I do, along with, you know, the monuments thing, is to give people hope. Because once you have hope, that is that can be the single biggest difference. Once you just have just a little bit of hope. Yeah. Once again, to go back on Kai, nothing can be... Kai Kiske from Guilty Gear. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be done without hope. But, with that said... We need to get out of here. Wow. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate both of you guys coming off for this. Um, look for one of our next... I think the next one will... No, nah, the next one will definitely be uh, talking about uh, the reason that IFMR and I became close, okay. which is my yes. false allegation. Him and I became close from it. I, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about no. Shield Hero. Yeah. 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 Amber Heard thing? Yeah, Amber Heard, I'm Shield Hero. Hero. And so we're all going to bring that together along with... Did you watch Shield Hero? Yeah, I watched it here. I'm not forgetting it. Actually, bro, the beginning was a huge pop-off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, later, guys. Yep. <laughs> this guy's trying to start another conversation. <laughs> no, 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 Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch the latest news, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Black Nerd Talks. And if you enjoyed our latest episode, consider subscribing to the podcast. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.